0: Hey everyone, my name is Vicky McLeod. Welcome back to the podcast. This time I debrief quarterfinals with John Singleton, founder of the programme and coach to seven European athletes who have just qualified for semifinals. So let's get to it. Welcome
1: to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them.
0: welcome back john singleton to the europe is coming podcast it is monday the 28th of march and it has been a legendary weekend for the european european crossfitting community has it not
1: yeah it was great you know especially for for us we had um, you know to have two females on on the podium in europe is is really nice you know we we work super hard, and and often you don't necessarily know where that hard work, the direction that it's going. So it it helps to validate the direction that you're going, and so that was really nice.
0: It was an incredible show from from uh, Gabby and from Jacqueline coming first and third in the some in the quarterfinals here, and I don't think. Anybody could have doubted that they were going to qualify for semi-finals, but it's pretty incredible the positions that they've they've managed to get.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and I think that's the, the nice thing about you know with the level that they they have, it was kind of it's never expected, but um, you would you know the odds were that they were going to, to qualify uh, through to semis. But the the way they qualified, obviously, then is um, it's even nicer to be able to do it in that way. And and you know, in general, it was um, we had amazing results this weekend. So it, it's just nice to be able to be kind of happy for all of the athletes. And
0: it, everybody has um, had a great result. Sola as t- as well, top ten.
1: Yeah, so we've got seven athletes actually who uh, just from Europe who've qualified through to uh, semis. And, and as you say, I think one of the, the stories of it um, is Christophe because he's been – a lot of the other athletes made it through to, say, the, this regional, which is now semi stage before, but Christophe um, had been trying to get through for seven years. And, you know, like pursuing anything for seven years is uh, is a long time. So it was we, – we've worked very hard. Christophe has worked very hard um, – you know, I'm very thankful he kind of put his trust in me to be able to uh, to, to help guide him to, to get into this position. And it was just a really nice moment. Okay, finally he has managed to step out onto that stage as the, the semi-final athlete.
0: Have you slept? Because this weekend has been very demanding, not only on them, but also on you. How are you feeling?
1: It's... Um... competitions are extremely emotionally draining you know in essence the majority of my life is spent with these these athletes and really the the kind of like um, all of the work comes down to very short periods of time you know they're probably only competing for uh, 30 minutes or something in total probably a bit longer maybe an hour let's say in essence all of those months Accumulating years of work come down to like an hour of work over a weekend. and The intensity of that can be um, can be quite em- like a very emotional feeling. So it's, it, it's it's often strange, you know. I often leave these weekends even with great results. Like you know, it, I don't necessarily feel happy. It's like a strange. Uh, you just like, okay I've done my job. <laughs> and You know, you. I'm always I'm I'm almost relieved rather than happy, and then. You know, it takes a bit of time for the energy to come back, and uh, and you start to appreciate more what's uh, what's been able to achieve.
0: Well, I hope I hope you recover from the uh, from yeah. the, work, the weekend soon, because I mean, I I was there for some um, some of it, and I felt completely wired by the end of it, and I was only there taking some pictures, I wasn't there leading the show and uh, making sure everybody qualified to semi-finals. It's an ex- extraordinary amount of responsibility on your shoulders. You, there, and you don't, you're not only doing it um, for the athletes that we frequently talk about, but you also, like you said, have other people there as well. And in fact, the whole, the whole gym was full of athletes, judges, helpers, spectators, media. It was a busy, busy weekend how did you um plan it how did you what was your uh, strategy going into it once you knew about the workouts on Thursday
1: Uh, from a planning perspective or like a coaching perspective
0: well let's start with the planning
1: yeah so the planning is always tricky as you said you know we had like i think we had like eight media something like that in total we had friends family and then also we had 15 athletes wanting to go through the workouts over the the weekend and that's then you have judging and floor setup so you you do ironically become a bit of an event planner and i I think the reason that i take on that role is because it's very important the environment for for the athletes like Christoph, for example um it was extremely important competition for him. And therefore, by making sure we can kind of direct the environment for him to make sure he can optimise his performance, we go, okay, that's that's really where we want to start. Because for the girls, we know that they have the level to make it, make it through. But Christoph, this really needs to be optimised to any way possible. And so that was kind of like our, our point. Is he comfortable with all of these things happening? If so, then we can move forward. And then, you know, luckily the athletes were also willing to just accommodate for, you know, we, although we had 15 athletes there competing, not all of them were going to qualify and knew that. And so they'd be happy, like, slotting in to do their workouts forever. And, and, and that makes life uh, a lot easier for us as well.
0: You had to control the environment quite a lot as well. I mean, I know that um, Christoph chose to do the handstand workout on the thursday night in where did you guys do it did you do it in c23 or at the box uh, we did it at the box
1: in essence he he just wanted uh, a bit more of a calmer environment to do it in and so you know the box at that time was, there's was no classes no one there we did it at like nine o'clock at night and uh, josie was there i was there and just judged through so it was just more of a relaxed environment, as you see you know when at c twenty three because there's so many people you can't you can't have a relaxed environment because there's music going there's there's always people watching, so it is a bit more stressful
0: and then Friday, the circus really began, didn't it? there was uh, so much going on in the in the box, but you chose to do the workouts for the majority of the athletes in the order that they were programmed so instead i know that some people did for example the 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 other total they did that first before they did any of the workouts but you chose to go one two three four five what was your strategy what was the thinking behind that
1: um so i think that if we were in a time zone so the time zones had 24 hour windows basically so for us it worked out like from nine o'clock at night to nine o'clock at night and therefore Really, we'd have had to do three workouts in one day. And it probably was, I, I thought the stress of having to do that, the little time to recover would just be more of a disadvantage. If we'd have had, say, from three o'clock in the afternoon to three o'clock in the afternoon, we'd have probably done the strength workout the day before and then the two the next day. So it was just a timing thing that rather than having to do three workouts in one day, we just took away the stress and, and did the and, and then just kept the same order to go through
0: the time zones became a factor when we were submitting scores as well for example one um i think menon angonese missed the uh, deadline for submitting his first two scores so it's completely out of the competition thankfully you guys didn't fall foul of that
1: yeah well actually axel uh, <laughs> did
0: did he yes yeah, so he, oh.
1: he did submit his scores on uh, saturday you know and, and for what well, you know, it's just a fundamental, you know, you might get the best scores in the world, but you didn't submit on time, it's never going to count. And, and this is one thing that that is a big factor all these things around the competition. You know, do you have a valid judge? Have you measured everything correctly? Did you read the rules? And, and that's really why it does take a bit of a you know, small village behind the athletes to do everything. And, and in some ways, I think. You know, CrossFit should really appreciate that. It, there's certain things that would make life easier. For example, if they release the workouts early, then actually everyone's life becomes a bit easier. Everyone understands the standards. Everyone can set things up. Everyone knows the judging, what to do. But, and So actually, when they release the workouts, basically at the start of the 24-hour deadline, your planning time is is very minimal.
0: Even with the added bonus of them being leaked on Thursday,
1: <laughs> yeah, which, which made our life so much easier. You know, we could yeah. Uh, we, well, that meant on Thursday we got to film our strategies because otherwise, you know, me I, I'd be up till midnight, one o'clock, recording stuff, putting out the tips, doing all of that those things because of the, the times over in. So the fact you we're able to do it on Thursday was uh, was actually a big help for us.
0: What did you think about the the programming of the workouts?
1: I liked it. You know, I think there's there's been some criticism of the open, and maybe not so much the quarterfinals. But I honestly don't I don't think the criticism is valid. Mainly because you know the open I liked as a, a test for all, and and as you saw, the top athletes made it through. That you know it wasn't random athletes at the top. We all knew the names, and then you know. On the quarterfinals, things have obviously got more complex. There's heavier stuff, there's lighter stuff. So I like seeing that progression through the season where you start with the this kind of simple, classic CrossFit test and then you move into the complexity and uh, and different types of, of programming throughout the season.
0: The choice of the... Um stand push up workout and the way that it became harder and harder throughout the um progressions was just like classic classic trap for the the, the 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 people that have managed to get into the quarterfinals but probably um probably through the skin of the teeth made it through because of the open was possibly easier I mean like that at least is my um take on it this it was technically a very hard workout to do and very demanding
1: yeah it's you know, I think for a lot of even for the top athletes, the workout in essence started with the overhead lunges. So, you know, you can actually fly through the first part, but then all of a sudden you've got the fatigue overhead and then have to finish it off with the strict handstand push ups. You know, even even girls, guys who can knock out multiple reps of handstand push ups were going down to singles.
0: I mean, I watched um, Jack and Sola do it. And afterwards, Sola uh, said how, how much harder she, it was than she'd expected. So for, her, for somebody like that to say that, it was like, yeah, I respect anybody who managed to get through that workout. Um, so overall, you think it was a balanced test?
1: So I think this is the interesting thing. I think, that's, I think it's important to look at the balanced test over the season. And not just through one category, and this is why I personally would like to see semi-finals programmed centrally, so you can really have a progressive test through the year. Like you know, then you get to the games, and you know, you got the classic game stuff of like, you know, send about on a run for two hours, or have them swim across a lake, or you know, do the stuff that you can't do at a semi-final um, level, but you know, it's, it's an important test of fitness. But the semis, I think. Because they're the gateway to the games, everyone should go through the same same test. so you kind of expose the athletes at a, a similar level. I don't, I don't
0: I don't still don't understand why they don't do it that way. It just seems so unfair, but at least we have two workouts this time around.
1: Yeah, I think it's in essence they want to give the program that basically people want independence and and control and they want to put their own kind of uh, mark on an event. I just feel that the semifinals, you know, because it is the CrossFit event and it's part of the CrossFit season, that you know, there's other you could do an off-season event where you can put your own mark on, or you want to have your own style, and you want to do all your things. But actually, for an event that is so crucial to the CrossFit season, it should be programmed centrally. And, and I, I I think that you know the event can be, you know, the event will be spectacular anyway not just because of the program, because basically you know, regionals was, for me, always the most exciting event of the season. European regionals were crazy back in the day, you know, like having Sarah and Annie go down or having, you know, all of the best the best athletes in the world throw down against each other. And I tell you what, it had nothing to do with the programming it, in the sense that it was about the competition, about the spectacles. And I don't think that the event needs to make specific programming. It can rely on central programming that can then be used across, which makes the test fair, and then they can focus on the spectacle um, of making those workouts as they are, basically.
0: The other um, thing to bring up about fairness is: Do we think that perhaps at some point in the near future we might get some more spots for European athletes to go to the games? Given the the way that the uh, leaderboards look, it does look like a lot of the European, especially the girls, love, um, would have finished quite a lot higher up than the rest of the world. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. Like you know, it, there's just no question now. I mean, you know, take performance, take participation, use whatever metric you want there's no way that america should have 120 spots and europe should have 60 you know it's just like it's just um, they I imagine that next season they'll make a change my guess is they'll they'll give three semi finals maybe put four spots each semifinal or something like that you know just have like a slightly different take on on the semi final but it is it, very true like europe needs uh, you know We have a podcast, Europe is coming. And, you know, Europe, you know, the irony of the statement is Europe has been there for many years. We're kind of playing on that idea that Europe should be getting more exposure. Europe should have more competitions. Europe should have more places. And and, and now there's just, you know, they used open participation. Well, they can't use that anymore. They, you, you want to use level of the athletes you can't use that you, I just don't see any metric that they can use apart from the fact that Cross, like CrossFit as a company is based
0: in the US it's really the only thing but it still seems to be the deciding factor let's talk about the athletes performances shall we start with Christophe and, and, um, and his fantastic results
1: yes you know this like Christoph's a bigger athlete, and therefore, typically, online qualifiers because of like what you have available, it often favours like athletes for better uh, bodyweight movements, and that's always been a struggle for Christoph. So, last year was the first year we had quarterfinals. Previously, you'd always just qualify from the open, so we didn't actually know like you know what level did you need to be in order to get to semis from quarterfinals from Europe we didn't know that because we hadn't had the test before and last year you know we found that basically the weakness of the handstand push-ups was was so significant that even just with that one test it took him out of qualifying despite how well you can do in everything else and so we made a conscious choice to in essence not progress in, in other areas be that strength or things but put it on the side for for body weight movements and uh You know, and that's why why I was nervous because we make those choices, and there's no guarantee they're going to work. But you know, luckily for us,
0: this time. I think um, watching him do workout five on Sunday afternoon was possibly the longest two and a, two and a bit minutes of my life. That everybody just turned and watched him do it, and it was as if the sound had been turned off in the gym. I just feel like I held my breath for him all the way through it, just willing him through that workout to go as fast as he possibly could. It was extraordinary.
1: Yeah. Look. I think for me as soon as as, soon as I saw the leaderboard on um on Saturday evening I knew it'd be fine just because I know that you know it's going to be a great workout for Kristoff even if he didn't perform his best I knew that you know his 80% would have been good enough to keep him in the uh, in the qualifying so at that point I was quite relaxed and, and really it was just about not fucking up uh, you know, like going you know if he for example if he had gone to failure on the snatches um uh, then there could have been a bit of a risk or something like that so so really the game the aim of the the that workout was really just to to execute but not Well, to no, he
0: seemed pretty nervous itself. to me when I was speaking to him afterwards I asked him what he's why he'd done it on his own he said because he said sometimes it's better to do the workout on your own because when you're um going against other people, even in, in like you're going with other people, if you're ahead of them, you don't push harder, you just stay ahead of them. And that was a really interesting answer. And Gabby was agreeing with him as well, actually she was like, yeah, it's true. It was an interesting psycholo- psychological moment with uh with the big Hungarian bear. It was uh, very happy for him. Really so yeah. well deserved. And well done you as well because it must have been a, very stressful for both of you yesterday.
1: You know, so much work goes into it, don't so, you know? It's like <laughs> there is a significant amount of work um, has gone into, you know, when I say this weekend, in essence, the athletes' performance. It's like, from their side, from our side, you know. In essence, you just there's no there's no kind of a shortcut for the amount of the hours that have been put in, and, and so getting the reward like that is. What about
0: very nice. um an ace who um, was very surprised as well? She told me to uh, to find herself in a qualifying spot. She said that she's never been happier, any happier in her life. When I messaged her, messaged her last night, she was over the moon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's great, you know. For Anna, she I don't think she was expecting anything. So this is where like the different personalities come in. Annaise was not necessarily expecting to qualify. And and so for her, you know, it was just like a really nice surprise that even with she's she's had some injuries and a few few things going on, and therefore she's not um She's not been at her top performance, and despite that, she still managed to qualify. So that's been really, really positive for her, and hopefully keeps that, you know, adds a bit of new motivation to train. And
0: Solo is looking set up for a good semi-finals now as well with her positioning.
1: Yeah, she's super hungry, which is nice. And, um, you know, so I've actually known Solo for, like all of the athletes, like for Sollo I've known for a lot of years, and she made a bit some big changes in her life um like halfway through last year and one of them was was moving on board with the program and you know, sometimes these these kind of things just aligned like it was just a really good fit and and Solo really just uh has blossomed since that at that moment you know it's just you know sometimes it's just like a little change in one direction can really change a path for someone and Solo's a case like that where this time last year, so was you know, not necessarily uh, talked about as, as that competitive athlete. Whereas now, you know, she's very much on the radar for for most people. That that, alongside with her following, kind of those two things mean you sometimes get a bit of. Uh,
0: she's also, fuel to the fire, she also sense. is, um, although she might be pretty, I think the word gritty is good for when she's actually. Uh, got her head down and working hard. She's also a a ray of sunshine, actually, when she's not competing. She's a nice person to have around. She's a very happy, friendly girl. I know she gets on really well with Jack and they seem to have a really nice relationship.
1: Yeah, you know, the other thing you've got to remember is that these athletes are competitors. In order to, to put the work that they put in, you do have to have like some kind of. It's not necessarily healthy to be to be all in on one thing as an athlete. I would say you know you've got to have um, you, you know like kind of the blinkers on like a horse. You know and you put them in their lane and they do their work and that's why they're great athletes. And so sometimes you also get the quality of an athlete that is more lighthearted and and finding the combination of an athlete who's willing to put the work in and lighthearted they don't always go hand in hand and so when you can find someone like that who comes in the group it can sometimes be really refreshing than just having this like blinkers on head down i'm doing all the work and honestly, it's a thing that our group can fall into. You know, we our, our group's very much about the grind, about the work. And, and we probably lack some of the, uh, you know, the funniest side of it, just because we, I think our personalities tend to slide down the the working hard and, and getting stuff done rather than appreciating the journey. So having, having someone a bit lighthearted who's also willing to work. And
0: outside to- of the gym, over in Denmark... Julie did very well as well.
1: Yeah, I'm super happy for Julie. She's, you know, Julie is um, that type A personality. You know, wants to do everything, will do everything and still manages to succeed. So uh, she, she didn't have the best open performance. Um, so she was nervous going into quarters. But again, she managed to, to pull off. And, you know, I think that's to her training environment that she's got in Denmark now at uh, Audit's the CrossFit audience with uh, Christian they have a great relationship there and that's something that's really helped uh keep her motivated and get her through to this semi-stage
0: and how's Jack feeling today she's good
1: like um I had to come in you know I had to get some real work done <laughs> today so I had to leave early but Jack is going to have full week off just uh enjoy life you know I think I, th- I think they're going on a boat now, and they're going to be like I I, I don't know what they do, but they're you know enjoying enjoying life without the the coach around.
0: That's a shame that you don't get to go too.
1: Yeah, I, it is you know I I also I just think it's important for them just to go off and enjoy themselves. You know, like I just because of the dynamic of the relationship we have, like um, it's I think it's easier to relax when I'm not there, maybe because. I often get associated. I get associated with the hard work, putting the work in, so I can create that environment very easily. You know, sometimes we go off and have fun, and, and, and you know, honestly, like some of the best times we have are when we're doing training camps or these things. They're, they're great fun, but also it's just nice to, for them to get away and, and be able to, you know, feel like they're not athletes in some ways, live a, live a normal life.
0: And so, I mean, Gabby's taken uh, taken off uh, to go and see her family. You said so. Uh, like this week is like a deload rest week for these guys, or what's the plan?
1: Yeah, I would. You know, getting to the athletes to fully rest is always more of a challenge than getting them to train. But uh, we have I have an agreement with Gabby that at least uh, three full days no training. So.
0: Did they come out? I mean, did they come out of it feeling quite sore, or would it would they be feeling pretty okay today?
1: Honestly, they're they may be a bit tired mentally, but these guys—they just want to train. I mean, that's, that's what I mean. They really okay. They're going to have a bit of fun now, but ultimately, all of them will want to train, just rest, recover, and start training. There's really no let up from uh, <laughs> for wanting to train. I also have to give a special shout out to Ella as well. Yeah,
0: Ella Vunga, she smashed it. Yeah, strong girl.
1: Amazing. I mean, you know, Ella, Ella again is someone who's come through, and you know, obviously we know Ella because she helps with the, the media from a different side, but she's done done exceptionally. She's in Germany uh, working with one of our coaches, Chris, at the moment, and um, living in with Joshua. And you know, I think she blew everyone away with the progress in her strength, which was was amazing to see. And you know, she's she's qualified against semis, which is great. And uh, you know she she's like the quiet she's like the you know Ella's like as quiet as a mouse but um, but she's also willing to put a lot of work in them. and so it's nice to see her her also I mean qualifying relatively easily through which is nice and but also the the strength gains that she's made are super impressive.
0: I have asked Ella for an interview more than once and um, quite a few of the listeners have asked me to interview her and I'm, I'm going to say that I sent her another message yesterday asking for an interview saying given your results Ella I think it's time and so far crickets <laughs> she's
1: um, she's going to be she's going to be here in a few weeks so maybe we get an in person
0: yeah no you're right I was like, I was thinking have I, have I mentioned everybody now Ella was messing off my list so the plan now. What? So the semi-finals are. Well, we've got two options, haven't we? London or Amsterdam. Yet to know where you guys are going. I guess you're going to be going to both.
1: Yeah, I'll, I would be. I'll definitely be at both. But uh, it's a big effect, you know. So one's two months close. In essence, two months away. One in essence is three months away. And mm-hmm. having a month extra. So you've got to remember that really before people get to the games, there's a huge next stage, which is semis. And that's a big stress, you know, because you no guarantee that you're getting through semis, you know, all of a sudden you've got to be top 60 in Europe, whereas now you've got to be it top five in your given in your given semi. And that's hard. So really the, you know, the athletes are not gonna they're not gonna go through this competition in a relaxed way and just focus on games training. So Imagine if you qualify in the mid-May, you've got all of that time to qualify and train for the games. If you qualify in mid-June, um, you know all of a sudden that that person has gone through a full deload, is pretty chill because they've made the, the biggest goal, which is getting to the games, and and then they can start their training, which does look slightly different because the games tests are often um, have more variance to them. So, so. It has a significant difference on which one you go to, and which one you well, and which one you qualify from.
0: How do you plan for that then?
1: Um, we we can't plan on where they're going to be. This is one of the big things. I have no clue where uh, where the athletes are going to be. So we once we know where they're going to be uh, located, we can then put a plan together. But right now, CrossFit haven't released anything. There's been like various rumours of um, maybe the top five from each place get to choose. So, you know, that'd be great that Jackie and uh, Gabby can choose. And then the rest just get uh, allotted to wherever they go. So, so, you know, right, we're in the bit of the unknown and it will affect the training depending on which one they're in you know if they're in in the last one or in the first one it's going to have some impact on uh, on how we program
0: i think that the um leaderboard gets finalized at the beginning of april
1: oh really they, they're still going to go i haven't actually seen when it's officially finalized
0: i thought of april the first
1: oh really okay
0: that's what i read course, in CrossFit land, everything's up for speculation. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know,
1: this is the one thing where, I mean, how many times have you asked for clear communication? You know, like, there's very, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm involved in the sport in, in quite a large way. You know, I spend all my life basically involved around CrossFit and I, you know, getting information is, is tough, like, I don't, know. I don't know they don't necessarily clearly communicate these things. And I, I still think that's one thing from CrossFit side that everyone would love is like, you know, just, just communicate in some way, shape or form the, like a nice, clear structure of things that the people can then, we don't all have to doubt or, you know, all these rumors go around. You know, it, it is a bit silly that we don't know which, um, semi-final the athlete's going to be in, you know? Yeah. Because it, it makes a difference and we don't know.
0: Well, not long. Then you can get onto Ryanair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the next thing that we've got coming up is the team and then the age group qualifiers. Um, what advice do you have for masters athletes given that you guys have just launched a masters program?
1: Um, so. This is something we've been requested for for a long time. Um, obviously, the reason we haven't done it is mainly capacity. So all of our Masters athletes up to this point have followed the, what we call our Programme 1. What we want to do is provide something that is more specific, more support, more detailed. So obviously, in, in Masters, you get varying categories. Uh, we're aiming this Masters from the 40+, plus because really the 35 to 40 category is exactly the same requirements uh, as the individual then as we start going into the the older categories you know the movements may change the weights that you're required to hit may change so we wanted to create something that is uh, specific for these athletes and also a community of not only athletes but coaches that can give advice help to train and and start to alter things in in a way that is more more specific to that demographic
0: well, who would you recommend would benefit from joining? So
1: I think any any athlete that is older than 40 years old and has some form of competitive ambition. And that, that competitive ambition may range from wanting to do better in the Open this year of my box, all the way through to competing at... Um, national or international competition so the good thing you know one thing we do have uh, in the program is lots of experience catering for those different levels of um, of athlete but really that's that's who it's targeted at an athlete being 40 40 plus years old male or female looking to be uh, competitive
0: so they can go and find out more online at the program.com
1: exactly just check out we're going to be releasing lots of stuff on social um, and then you can just check everything there we'll, we'll send the links but in essence you head to the programcom and you'll be able to find all the info you need
0: i know coming up we're going to be or i'm going to be talking to greg hung yeah. who is a, a program masters athlete uh, and all-around superhero so what should i ask him
1: greg's my uh, my idol you know
0: Really?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I love Greg. Like, uh, you know, I'm in that master's category uh, as well. And Greg's not that many years older than me. He's maybe like four, three, four years older than me or something. And, uh, you know, I appreciate now how hard it is. He, he has, there's different types of full time work. No? There's full time work that has very minimal pressure, and there's full time work that has extreme pressure and greg's Mm. greg's full-time work and he's he's from switzerland and works in the financial sector and so his his you know it's like very high pressure very high stress like you don't fuck up in that industry or no you know you're you're out basically and things need to be done now so he would end up flying to like hong kong for a meeting fly back to europe hit the workout still get one of the best times in the world they go you know It's just, it's incredible what he, uh, the level of fitness he managed to achieve. And also you've got to remember, Greg wasn't like an elite athlete. You know, he was just like a good athlete, obviously, but no, no one knew Greg. Then all of a sudden at 35 years old, he's coming and he's like going to the CrossFit Games. It it, is really incredible, you know, what he's, he's managed to do. And he managed to go back twice uh, to the Games and, um, so, you know, more so than, you know, because he impresses me because of, you know, being at that level with the work that he manages to do is is something that's uh, quite crazy.
0: I shall ask him about how he managed to do, fit all that into one day, maybe like time zones.
1: Yeah. If you <laughs> oh, find his secrets. Also, he loves to have a beer before competition, you know, so. Really? Yeah. So, you know, oh,
0: there is a beer sponsor at Wadapalooza so maybe he's onto something
1: you know greg is uh yeah so i'm sure you have a great time speaking to him he's uh, as i say my uh my inspiration
0: okay well congratulations john on an extraordinarily good result and um i am proud to know you
1: <laughs> thank you it's very kind i um, i um, you know i think as well you know i think this is a great project and uh as we said, you said, know, Europe is coming and, and hopefully we continue to uh, push ourselves onto the, uh, the wider scene of CrossFit.
0: Thank you, John, and congratulations. Next, I'm turning our attention to the Masters athletes and the teams, so look out for some interviews soon. Until then, thanks for listening and bye bye.
1: Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.